0: You know, my life changed at that moment in 2008. And, you know, I could have been like, that's it. I'm no longer the person I was before physically and I can't do it. I can't do what I used to do. You know, I could have accepted that. I did accept it at a certain level, but I accepted the fact that I'm missing 25% of my left leg and that's it. And I looked at it as simple as that. So how am I going to mentally pivot or mentally adapt to what I wanted to do next?
1: That was Paralympic gold medalist Mike Schultz describing how he found the mental strength to come back after losing his leg in a snowmobile competition. Welcome back to Blazing Trails. I'm your host, Michael Revo from Salesforce Studios. And this month, it's all about the Winter Olympics. Salesforce is a proud partner of Team USA. And this week, we're sharing a great conversation with Paralympian Mike Schultz. His fans call him Monster Mike and he is. He's a world champion in four different sports. And when he's not competing, he's working on building cutting-edge prosthetics for high-impact sports at his company, BioDapt. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here today.
0: Ah, thanks, Mike. Yeah, it's a pleasure.
1: Well, you know, I wanted to start by talking a little bit about engagement with fans. And can you talk to me about your journey of connecting in fans? And I think for you, you've got this unique perspective where you've had relationship with fans and sport, but then you also have this whole relationship with customers through your business. Are there similarities there? How do you look at that?
0: Yeah, I, I do have a bit of a unique situation. Yeah, I've been a pro athlete for, oh man, it's uh, nearly 20 years now. It started in motorsports, snowmobiles. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, right from then, being in front of a crowd and influencing fans is, uh, has been a highlight, uh, you know, seeing the reaction, uh, you know, when we're flying through the air or we make a pass or do something exciting on the course and then getting that feedback from them and then getting to hang out with some fans after, after the races. Um, I mean, it's really cool. I, I looked up to so many athletes growing up and, and when I finally got to meet them in person, it was such a, a you know, I, I I still get starstruck when I see some of my my favorite uh, athletes, and you know, I, I I flip it around and put myself in in their shoes. You know, when when I get to to meet fans that have been my fans for a while, um, yeah, I love it. I love it. That's part of the you know, that's part of the whole uh, experience and fun and motivation behind it all, and you know, kind of. The other side of my program is my company, BioDAP, and I create high-performance lower limb prosthetic equipment. And mm-hmm. a lot of the my customers have watched me compete, and so when I can show them how to use one of our components and actually, like for example, go snowboarding with them on a mountain, um, I mean that's a that's a pretty uh, awesome experience.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd love to talk a little bit more about the company and how it came about. Tell me that story of how you developed BioAdapt and, and how that process happened.
0: Yeah, two thousand eight. Uh, I was living. I was living my dream as a pro snowcross racer. You know, um, you know, it's like motocross except with snowmobiles on this. You know, track with high flying jumps and speed and up to fifteen riders at a time. Really intense, high high impact action racing. And uh, you mm-hmm. know, I was one of the top guys for a few years. And, uh, you know, landed on the podium a handful of times and, you know, things were going great. And in, uh, December 08, it was the second, uh, second national of that year. I got a horrible start and, uh, you know, to the race, the one of the qualifying races, I'm trying to charge through the pack to make a move to transfer into the final later that afternoon. And, uh, I hit a hole funny and my machine started swapping side to side and I, I couldn't, I couldn't get out of it. And I got pitched off to the left side of the machine at probably about 40 miles an hour or so. And Mm -hmm. I landed feet first and on impact, my left knee buckled 180 degrees in the wrong direction. And, uh, it caused a a compound fracture and, and, uh, put me in a really, a really tough spot, uh, for the next few days. Um, doctors did everything they could to try and repair it. But, uh, you know the, between the nerve damage and the circulation issues I was having, uh, my health was deteriorating really fast. and um, you know, this whole time my wife Sarah was by my side. She's a nurse and you know she's uh, she's been my rock through through all of the the good and bad and um, you know, she was by my side when the doctor came in and he explained that you know we think it's the best course of action to amputate your leg in order for you to survive at this point, because, uh, you're not doing so great. We don't think you could make it through, you know, multiple surgeries after this point. So, Uh um, so I mean, that was, that was a total surprise to me when the doctor said that, you know, I've been injured a handful of times throughout my career and, and I, you know, they can usually bolt me back together and get me back going in six, eight, eight, 10 weeks. And, uh, unfortunately this time it was, uh, it wasn't that. And, uh, so I went in and had my left leg amputated about three inches above the knee. And there I am, I'm a, an amputee and yeah. it was hard, um, you know, for the next several weeks, extremely mm-hmm. hard, both physically and mentally. Um, mm-hmm. but you now, I had a, a great support system around me and, you know, I needed to find that one thing that that kept me looking forward in a positive direction and that was sport trying to get back into sport and in order to do that i had to uh, find the right devices you know to to allow me to stand upright again and ride the machine that you know that i i absolutely love to do it i couldn't find the equipment available so you know, I'm a garage guy. That's, that's the other part of my, my program. You know, I'm the, I'm the, the athlete, the competitor. Uh, but I also love being in the shop, designing, creating things with my hands. And this was like the perfect project to try and solve. Uh, so yeah. I went to, I went to the shop and started building myself a better leg.
1: Tell me a little bit about that process of, of, of building a, a business from something that you, for a problem that you had to solve yourself.
0: You know, that I, I initially this, this, Moto knee is what I call it. You know, I, I mm-hmm. developed it for myself to get myself back into action, so I could pursue the things that I love. Yeah. And over the course of the next year and a half, I got to hang out with some some really great adaptive athletes, and so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna try and create a business around this this moto knee that I just built. In um, 2010, we started BioAdapt with the intent of creating the highest performance lower limb prosthetic equipment for action sports. And yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was a slow process to get rolling, but um, you know, I guess the big, one of the big steps initially was I was, I worked with a veteran um, who was working on, uh, with Walter Reed mm-hmm. and he wanted to use my equipment for snowboarding and we uh, set up a trial for him and he absolutely loved it. And he went back to Walter Reed and he's like, hey, I, I, you know, I met up with this Mike Schultz and he's got this knee and I'd love to buy one. So that was like one of the very first sales was through Walter Reed. And that just opened the door uh, for me to work with a lot of our, our kick-ass veterans out there and uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. helping them get back into some of the the yeah, uh, the best things in life.
1: Yeah, and was that the same snowboarder who opened up snowboarding to you? Because from what I understand, <laughs> you had not snowboarded before, and now you know you're you're a, a Paralympian and a gold medalist. So you know, uh, uh, tell me about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've never been a snowboarder. You know, up to that point, I was all all about handlebars and race gas. Um, yeah, and you know, <laughs> snowboarding purely started because Keith Deutsch he wanted to use my moto knee for snowboarding. And uh, I'm like, well, it, yeah, I think it works, but I better go test it out first. <laughs> so, um, after that conversation in Colorado, you know, I was at X games racing snowmobiles. And that's where I met him. So yeah, I went home the next couple of weeks. I learned how to snowboard as an amputee. It was yeah. not pretty. Let me tell you that I took some, <laughs> some hard hits, but, uh, um, you know, I learned enough to realize that, yeah, yeah, this, it's got the right mechanics. We can tune it, you know, enough each direction to allow it to work for that. And yeah, that, uh, that snowball into a whole different life change of, of career path and yeah, help, help grow biodap.
1: You know, and I'm curious, so in the evolution of both the, on the sports side of your own performance and then in the business, what role has data played in how you've developed your tools and that could be digital data or any kind of feedback what what has that process been for you working with data and analysis
0: um i probably the most common data acquisition components we use is video cameras small video cameras so we can uh, record movements through different sports and get different Mm -hmm. angles angles so you can actually see what's happening with the components while I'm riding my motocross bike or, or snowboarding. Um, and, you know, we've took it up a, a couple levels when we did a testing session with Fox uh, down in California and we hooked up a whole bunch of data acquisition sensors. Like I can't remember the, the proper words for them. They're they um, like angle potentiometers so they could read angles and they could read speed of shaft movements and also uh impacts like g-forces and so we we put all those into a, a graph and we could figure out how to tune the shock to get the best performance out of you know this specific application um mm-hmm. i mean that was really high-tech testing session we did um which uh you know we we learned a ton about how fast or how slow are you know like the knee joint is moving in certain situations you know like on a you know, uh, going through a corner or landing off a big jump. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. And, you know, applying that into this big spreadsheet and figuring out, okay, if we make a change here, we can, you know, we can, uh, uh, increase the resistance or vice versa. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And then do you still have a relationship with Walter Reed and with, with, is that a channel for you guys, you know, hospitals? I'm just curious on the business side, how,
0: how yeah.
1: who your customers are.
0: Yeah, so I would say um, it's early on, we were, uh, you know, for the first four or five years of business, you know, the majority of our business, probably about 60% of our business came through the military channels like Walter Reed, Brook Army Medical Center out of San Antonio, uh, Naval Medical Center down in San Diego. And now, I, you know, it's probably 50-50 veteran customers uh, and just, uh, you know, others from accidents or uh, congenital or or from sickness of some sort.
1: You know, and one thing w- that we talk a lot about at Salesforce, and it's one of our core values, is around innovation. And and when I was, you know, thinking about your story, I mean, it's there's so much innovation. They're both sort of for yourself to make this big change in 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 your life, and then also to innovate in, in the product space. How do you think about that in terms of where you get the resilience and the Power to do that kind of innovation and to and to make that kind of a change. What do you, what do you draw on for that?
0: I, for for me as an athlete, I'm you know I'm a world champ in four different sports, and the one you know that learning a new sport. I mean it's it's a it's a type of innovation of myself and and progressing and. I, you know, over the years of competition and trying new sports and trying to achieve that elite level, it all is based around the love of the challenge of self-progression. Like I absolutely love trying to see how far I can take something, you know, Mm -hmm. and that, that transfers over to the business too. But it's like, you know, for example, the snowboarding program, like initially I, you know, it was just to to try and develop some equipment. And then I realized, oh man, this is pretty fun. Yeah. And then it's like, then there's this carrot out there. Well, what do you think about the Paralympics? Cause they just added snowboarding to the program in 2014. And I'm like, what if, what if, Yeah. what if I could become one of the best in the world at that, uh, with the products that I build? And, you know, so just that whole process of trying to achieve and it's the thrill of the challenge of something new. And that's, that's what always keeps me engaged into you know, trying new things. And with the business side it's uh you know i I don't get paid off in gold medals but it's that that feeling of accomplishment when you work on something for months or even years and then it all comes together into this this final product and you bolt it together and you give it a try and and you realize that wow this is this is going to allow me and others to really enjoy something they thought they couldn't or mm-hmm. allow them to enjoy it at a, at a better at a higher performing capacity.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so many of us have had that that feeling you're talking about or that thought, of, you know, what if what if I can do this? But there's a big gap. There's a big space between that idea <laughs> and actually achieving it. And it, along the way, there are a lot of moments where you, you don't perform as, you know, well as you should. Do that or are there techniques you use to put that aside and keep going and keep motivated. What do you do?
0: Yeah. As, as I get older and have, have experienced more things, I'm able to push through those difficult moments and you know, that's what's, that's paying attention to life, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, learning that, you know, you make a lot of mistakes through life, whether it's mental or physical and, you know, it depends how bad you want to achieve that goal. Is, is it worth, you know, putting yourself through those challenging moments and, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've taken some hard licks, you know, from, from uh, hitting the ground during, you know, training and competition. And, you know, the injuries are, are definitely the, you know, they're difficult to come back from. But I think even more difficult than a physical problem is, is getting beat down mentally. Right. You know, so many times as an athlete, a professional level athlete trying to kick and claw and scratch your way up to the top. You know, and you take a, a hard hit mentally and, mm-hmm. you know, things start compounding. And when your head gets in a, in a tough spot and mm-hmm. you've got so much pressure on you, you know, from sponsors and from your team to try and perform and right. get on top of that podium, mm-hmm. that's, that's hard to deal with. I mean, that's harder than coming back from a broken arm or a broken leg sometimes. And uh, so that's just, you know, life experience and accepting what's happened, learn from it. And then try and apply it as you move forward. Mm-hmm. Like if I didn't go through all those tough spots as a pro snowcross racer, I, I don't know if I would be where I am right now in the in the Paralympic mm-hmm. space. Because mm-hmm. you know mentally there's there's a lot of challenges and uh, learning a new sport in your mid 30s, mm-hmm. um, you know that that's got some challenges to it. And if I wasn't so resilient, I, I probably would have given it up a long time ago. <laughs>
1: Right. Right. And I think so many people think about athletes in terms of the physical conditioning and what you have to do with your body and your training, et cetera, to become the best. But I think, you know, th- that mental part of it is so critical. And, you know, when you get to the the top levels of these sports, probably the difference physically is not that big between the competitors. And it really does come down to the, you know, who is there mentally to perform better.
0: Oh, Absolutely. Relatively speaking, it's it's easy to create a good physical condition. Right, like anybody can do that. But it's the it's the mental game that brings you over the top. Like for example, if let's say your body is at ninety percent or eighty five percent, your mental capacity, if you're on, you can achieve that that additional fifteen percent or ten percent or whatever just by mentally believing you can. And you know, I have no doubt in my mind that the mental game is more important, especially at these big events like the Paralympics and the Olympics. Like there's so many factors that go into it that can pull your attention from one way to the other, you know, and this year, you know, dealing with the COVID protocol and the stresses surrounding that and, you know, the limited training options and the limited competitions that we have because of this new situation. Man, it, it's it's hard to keep your head in the game because there's there's so many stressors out there that are trying to pull your focus.
1: In your TED talk, there were a couple of words that you used to describe kind of your attitudes towards this, and one it was adapt and opportunity. I mean, tell me a little bit about how you think about that.
0: You know, my life changed at that moment in 2008, and you know, I could have been like, "That that's it. I'm no longer the person I was before physically, and I can't do it." I can't do what I used to do. You know, I could have accepted that. I did accept it at, at a certain level, but I accepted the fact that I I'm missing 25% of my left leg and that's it. (laughs) And I looked at it as simple as that. And I need to figure out how I'm going to replace that, that 25% with a mechanical device. Right. And, and uh, you know, mentally adapting to, what I wanted to do in the future. Cause no, I wasn't going to make money being a pro snow cross racer anymore. I wasn't going to you know, be a construction worker like I was previous to that. Cause that would just mm-hmm. be very difficult. So how am I going to mentally pivot or mentally adapt to what I wanted to do next? Mm-hmm. And at that point I started meeting a lot of other people in the adaptive world. Uh, like the X games, summer X games was, was a really big goal that I, that I, realized like within months after my injury happened and i'm like there's an opportunity here i need to go after and i just had to put a whole lot of work in you know into figuring out the the steps in order to get there yeah it was it was uh seven months after my injury happened i was competing in la at the summer x games adaptive supercross on a leg i built in my garage i'm like that was a quick adaptation, <laughs> I tell you that.
1: <laughs> well, there's something to be said for just getting to it, for sure. You know, in 2018, you won the ESPY Award for the Best Male Athlete with a Disability. So, I mean, it's been, you know, an incredible Adaptation, and it sounds like it's just that—that that focus and sort of keeping it simple in your mind and reducing it down to something that is is a focus point that you can work on. That that sounds like how you've approached it.
0: Yeah, it, yeah. Try and keep it as simple and non-emotional as you can. Mm-hmm. I, You know, that's that's worked for me. Yeah. I, I think it can work for a lot of other people because because your emotions can get so wrapped up in I can't do that. Right. I'm different. I you know I'm not the person I was. Well back it up a little bit and just point out exactly how you're different and how you can get back to where you want to be or, and then figure out how to do that. Just keep it simple.
1: Right. Well, the mind can take you down some paths that you may not want to go. So, uh, (laughs) so keeping it simple makes a lot of sense. Hey, I see that you have a book that's coming out, you know, as we record this, it's still on pre-order. So I haven't been able to check it out yet, but uh, tell me about the book. What's it all about?
0: Oh man, it's about adapting and opportunities. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's oh, it, so the the book is uh, it covers basically a ten year period from just before I became an amputee to the you know the the final ending of the book is winning gold at, in Pyeongchang in South Korea in 2018. And so that it was you know once I started that that Paralympic venture um in you know 2015 2016 up to that point i had achieved a lot in the adaptive sports world through x games and my company biodapt um, and i'm i'm just you know i up to that point i think i was uh, eight time or seven seven time gold medalist at x games in three different sport or two different sports at that time and i'm just like i'm flipping through my my photos in my phone or on our, on our, uh, Google photo page. And I'm like, this is such a crazy story. Like I forgot a lot of the pieces, you know, that happened because every, because it's very much about, uh, you know, my wife and I, and the adventure that we've been through with all of this. And we're very much a team because, you know, for me, I wanted to do it. So we, so our family had had a record of, of what happened in that time frame uh, because there were mm-hmm. so many different things. And, you know, I wanted to share that with my daughter, Lauren, she's eight years old now. And mm-hmm. also, you know, part of the motivation that was like, I, the world's gotta, gotta hear this because there's, there's so much that happened there that could be really motivating for others that are trying to go through a tough spot. And like, man, I, we got, we got to write this book. And I've read through it, you know, through the editing process and, you know, as it was finished, I think I've read through it like five times and I still get gripped by those feelings and I get sweaty palms and my heart starts racing in certain moments. And, um, it's just, it was a lot of fun to write.
1: Fantastic. And does it have a release date? When, when is it coming out?
0: January 18th. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, at this moment we're, you know, 10 days out or so.
1: Okay. Fantastic. Well, everybody, Go check it out and and uh, what's the book called again? Give us the title.
0: Driven to Ride.
1: Okay, great. Um, all right, I have one last question, which is, I noticed that you have a P fifty one Mustang sticker on your snowboard, <laughs> and I was curious, what's this? What's the backstory with that?
0: Oh, so. I've got, uh, well, I travel with like six or seven snowboards that I race on. They all have unique shapes and makeups, uh, depending on the course that we're riding. Yeah. And so they all have names. And so I name all my snowboards after airplanes. I, I, I love, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to be an air force pilot. And, uh, cause I was really intrigued by airplanes and, um, uh, So yeah, I've got a whole fleet. I've got a P-51, a P-38, Spitfire. Those are all the old like World War II era airplanes. And then I've got some new age stuff. I've got a a Raptor. I've got Blackbird, SR-71 Blackbird. That's that's an older one. That's the super fast one.
1: Amazing
0: plane. A-10 Warthog. That, that, That one's my favorite. That one's quick and nimble.
1: Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a great conversation. And uh, good luck on the slopes and uh, in business moving forward.
0: Ah, thank you so much, Mike. Yeah, it was a great conversation. And it's going to be exciting here the next couple months. So uh, <laughs> I, I look forward to, uh, to working with Salesforce in the future. This is, this is going to be a lot of fun.
1: That was Mike Schultz, Paralympian, world champion, and founder of BioDapt a company that designs, manufactures, and distributes high-performance lower limb prosthetic components used for action sports. Be sure to check out all of our Olympics coverage at salesforce.com. And if you like this episode of Blazing Trails, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Michael Rebo from Salesforce Studios.